You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Stephen Simcox here with you. And it is Tuesday, December 15th. Appreciate you tuning in today. Um, we'll try to cover a lot of ground uh, this morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening. And this first segment will break down TCU men's and women's basketball from this past weekend and then look ahead to what matchups they have coming up this week. Um, in segment two, we'll just sort of look around the Big 12. Typically, I do a look around the Big 12 segment where we discuss um, you know, the games from the weekend, but there was only one other game and Oklahoma State rolled Baylor. There really wasn't a lot we learned from it. So I'll just look at some news from around the conference and break down what it means for TCU. And then finally, uh, we'll, we'll start looking at recruiting. National Signing Day is Wednesday. Um, I am not like a huge recruiting head, but I've done some research today, done some looking at um, different things, and, and hope that I can give you some insight on what to expect on Wednesday uh, when the first National Signing Day goes down but let's talk some TCU men's and women's basketball and we'll start with the men uh they coming off a win against Texas A&M 73 to 55 and this was the best they played all year a much needed victory you know you had two straight losses to Oklahoma and Providence um were really struggling defensively but locked down the Aggies at Dickey's Arena on Saturday holding them to 38 percent shooting and 23% from the field, or from three-point range. Um, R.J. Nimhart had another big game with 16 points. Mike Miles had 15 points. But the best part of Saturday was there was balance. You know, really, it's been Miles and R.J. uh, the past couple games doing all the heavy lifting scoring-wise. But on Saturday, you got double digits from P.J. Fuller. He had 13. Uh, You know, Kevin Samuel had nine points, or excuse me, eight points. Would still love to see him get more involved. But it's a start. Um, Taryn Todd contributed a couple bu- buckets. Charles O'Bannon Jr. was back in the lineup, and he had eight points in 19 minutes. So <clears throat> just a balanced effort all the way around. They were getting up and down the floor um, in transition, making things happen that way. Again, they played solid defense all night long. They shot the ball well and gives you some hope. I mean, I think this team is – pretty similar to what they were last year, except you don't have a great player like Desmond Maine to sort of help you out and bail you out on a daily basis. But what I mean by that is they're sort of a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team that I feel like can beat just about anybody on a given night. They can also lose to just about anybody on a given night. So there's going to be some frustration there. Um, but I think getting out in transition – and letting your athletes go to work is uh, is really beneficial for this group. And that's what they should try to do moving forward. And that starts by playing good defense, forcing turnovers, making things happen so you can get out on the break. And they only had 18 turnovers on the night. Texas A&M had 20. But just seemed more in control. I think Nimhard and Miles have done a nice job sort of trading off, um, you know, that point guard role and that point guard position. And Miles is a legit player, man. I mean, he is a star. And I hope that he sticks around for a while. I hope that he continues to develop and make things happen. But it's pretty amazing to see a guy come in as a freshman and immediately be uh, your top scorer. R.J. Nimhard was named 
uh, Big 12 Player of the Week after his performances against Providence and A&M. He's having a huge season so far, scoring the basketball. So um, a nice win for TCU, and they now move on to play Oklahoma State on Wednesday. That originally was supposed to be an 8 o'clock tip, but it's actually going to be a 6 o'clock tip, according to Drew Davidson from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. So another important game, because Oklahoma State was Cade Cunningham, who was the top recruit in the nation coming into the season. They have talent, but they are similar to uh, to Oklahoma, sort of that second tier in the Big 12 Conference. And TCU is going to have to win these games if they're going to have a chance at the postseason and making the tournament. You're going to have to win these swing games. You already dropped one to Oklahoma at home. You hope that you can play well against Oklahoma State this week and at least have the advantage over them moving forward. But it should be fun. I'm excited to see Cade Cunningham. I haven't really watched a lot of him uh, this year. But, again, highly touted freshman, top player in the country coming into the season. So should be fun to see him when he takes on the Frogs Wednesday night. And then the women, they get a victory over Middle Tennessee by a final score of 83-77. to 77. Um, an up-and-down game. Middle Tennessee is a pretty good program. Now, they're 0-3 this year, but they actually beat TCU last year in a non-conference game. They're a solid team. Lauren Hurd was huge, 25 points, 8-13 shooting, 8-9 um, from the line. And Tabby Diggs had 18 points on the night, and she's been sort of a nice spark plug for this TCU team. She, her and Yummy Morris have sort of traded off as being the number two scorer so far this year. You'd like – one of them to be more consistent, but it's nice that either or is sort of stepped up so far this season. And Caroline Germain had 10 points um, on 4-10 shooting, so she was a little more aggressive getting her own shot. She's a transfer from South Plains Junior College who is pretty highly rated, but so far this year she's really been a facilitator and has sort of uh, thrived in that role. But on Sunday, she got out there and made some things happen, getting her own shot and being more aggressive on offense, which is a good sign because Lauren Hurd needs help. Um, she needs somebody to sort of take that scoring load off of her moving forward. And the women now play Texas Tech on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. They lost to Tech twice last year. They were sort of head-scratching losses. So you hope that they can bounce back and get a victory on Saturday and start going in the right direction. You know, they got blitzed by Iowa State in that first conference game. Important for them to uh, even up that record and, and try to get off to a better start as we uh, start the teeth of conference play moving forward. But nice weekend for TCU men's and women's basketball, and they get back in action this week. Keep you updated on those matchups as we go through the week. Coming up. Uh, let's take a look at some news from around the Big 12 Conference. A coach is staying. A quarterback is moving on. We'll cover that and more. That's coming up next. But first, let's talk about Coors Light. Coors Light is the beer that's made to chill. I don't know what you're up to today or tonight. Um, if you're going to try to tune into some college basketball this evening or if you're just posted up and want some silence on the porch, Coors Light is a great beverage to have in your hand. It's cold lagered, it's cold brewed, it's literally the beer that's made to chill. Coors Light understands that you don't get a lot of time to yourself, and when you do, you deserve to treat yourself. So grab a cold Coors Light. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind. When you want to hit reset and relax, 
make sure you grab a cold Coors Light and you can get Coors Light sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. So if you don't feel like getting out right now, just order it online, get it sent straight to your house, and it's really convenient. You can have it there and you can share it with your family. Get.coorslight.com. Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, I'm Stephen Simcox, your host, and uh, let's talk about some Big 12 news. So this came down yesterday. Um, Charlie Brewer has decided to move on. The quarterback at Baylor. Now, he's a four-year starter. The Baylor offense was a complete mess, and they were that way all year long. Now, I don't think it was all Charlie's fault. I feel like a big part of it was uh, the offensive line. They were just not very good. Um, Larry Fedora, new offensive coordinator, for whatever reason, it didn't seem to click with Brewer, and they just couldn't really build. I mean, they had a lot of guys that were uh, big-time players on that team that made an appearance in the Sugar Bowl that didn't seem to work with the new coaching staff. Charlie Brewer, Tristan Ebner, John Lovett, um, I think this is sort of bad news for TCU, though. Specifically TCU, just just from this point of view. We've sort of owned Baylor ever since that 2014 game, which is wonderful. Like, praise the Lord. We're, we're beating them pretty much every year, aside from that triple overtime defeat a couple seasons ago. And I think a big part of it is, you know, there's there's really one way to beat the Gary Patterson defense. And that's if you have a good quarterback and dynamic wide receivers and you're making plays over the top against that defense and challenging that aggressive man coverage they play and making them pay for taking risk. Well, Baylor was such a bad matchup for TCU with Charlie because he's not really a guy that stretches the field vertically. Like he's pretty limited with his arm talent. And what that led to is, you know, obviously when they were 1-10, in 10, um, TCU took them down. But then in McLean, TCU was able to beat them with Grayson Muhlstein because Jalen Rager made a few plays, and they totally shut that offense down. In Fort Worth a couple seasons ago, you know, Baylor comes in there undefeated, red hot, TCU's struggling, and... They almost win that game. If they could have scored an offensive touchdown in regulation, they would have won that game because the TCU defense shut the Baylor offense down again. And again, it was Charlie Brewer not being able to, you know, really challenge them over the top. This season, they shut them down in the first half. Now, Baylor made a run in the second half. And thankfully, TCU was able to shut them down and and correct that. But I think from a matchup standpoint in that rivalry game, the Frogs have had significant advantage because Brewer just can't really, you know, challenge them over the top like a lot of good quarterbacks in the Big 12 can. So Jacob Zeno's going you know, to take that over. Um, he's a He'll be a junior next year out of San Antonio, and he's got a big arm. So I'm curious to sort of see – how that matchup takes shape now. But Charlie Brewer decided to move on as a grad transfer. I think there will be significant interest. Now, I feel like he ultimately ends up 
at a group of five school. I think he probably goes like the Shane Bouchel route, maybe SMU, maybe North Texas, um, somewhere where he can start. I don't see him starting at a Power 5 university next year, but he's moving on. Baylor's going to have a new quarterback next year. So that's our, our first big news of the day. Secondly, um, Tom Herman is going to be back in Austin next season. You know, this whole debacle, I feel like they've really uh, hurt Tom a lot. Just from a recruiting standpoint, from a current player standpoint, I mean, you've basically made him a lame duck coach. Like, you've essentially said, yeah, we're going to settle for Tom because we flirted with Urban Meyer publicly and we couldn't get him. And, I mean, what is uh, what are the players supposed to think when you settle for the guy you have currently there for one more season? I just, I think at a certain point, you know, this happened with Cliff Kingsbury a couple of years ago at Texas Tech. He was teetering on the edge of getting fired, and he beat Texas to get to 6-6 six and six and make a bowl game. And the administration there at Texas Tech publicly came out and said Cliff saved his job today. And, you know, if, if somebody's saving their job by winning one game at the end of the season, like if that's sort of the thread that's holding this thing together, you should probably move on. I mean, you should probably just move on and cut your losses and not continue because – you're not uh, you're not instilling confidence in your program. There are very few examples where this works out. Down at Auburn, Gus Malzahn just got fired. Four years, season after season, around November, December, we got the news that Gus Malzahn was going to get fired, or he was you know on the edge of getting fired. Gus Malzahn was on the hot seat. He can't beat Alabama. He can't get Auburn past, you know, this level that they're at where they typically go 8-4, and 9-3, and three and beat some good teams but lose to some teams they shouldn't. They restructured his contract one year, but ultimately year after year, they stayed with him. And Gus kept coming back, and, you know, he got a big quarterback recruiting Bo Nix who started as a true freshman and was supposed to be the savior. That hasn't really worked. And they finally decided – you know what? We're going to fire him. So, I just think when you have a coach like this, where you're teetering on whether or not to stay with him, that, that's your answer. Just go ahead and make the move. Because Tom Herman's going to go into living rooms now. Well, I guess they're not really doing that. He's going to go into Zoom meetings with players from across the country and try to sell them on sticking around when we all know that if he has another bad season or mediocre season or bad season for Texas standards, they're eventually going to move on from him. So just go ahead and move on from him right now, Texas. Go ahead and do that, Chris Del Conte. Why, why keep sticking with him and making him a lame duck head coach if, if you're going to make this move anyway? If, if you don't have a candidate that's exciting enough for these boosters, tell them too bad. you got to pony up the money. Because you know what? We're not we're not doing this. We're not going to do this to our program. We're not going to have Tom Herman continue to twist in the wind while 
you know, we try to figure out what we should be and what our expectations should be and, and who we are. It just doesn't make any sense. Coming up, I'll, I'll hit on one more Big 12 note, and then we'll talk some recruiting ahead of National Signing Day. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. But before we do that, let's talk about Built Go. Built Go is this really cool energy solution, and it's brought to you by the same people that make Built Bar. I tell you about Built Bar frequently, a couple times a week. Built Bar is a delicious protein bar that's nutritious for you, that's good for you. And Built Go is a great energy solution, and it's also good for you. It's all natural. Um, it's a natural ingredient, so it's not junk. It's not stuff that you're like, what am I putting in my body here? Is this, you know, rat poison? No, it's not. It's good stuff. It's all natural stuff. It comes in a, a small one-and-a-half-ounce package. You can put it in your briefcase. You can put it in your golf bag, in your workout bag. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mount. And it's got protein in it along with an energy gel. And if you go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. So if you're curious about it or want to try it, go to BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and get 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltGo.com, promo code LOCKED. BuiltGo, let's go. Final segment here on Locked on Horn Frog. Stephen Simcox here with you. Don't forget you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also give me a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me sort of see what you're thinking about the pod. My buddy Jacob Langford, he got on there. He gave a review. He said it was good. My guy Matt Jennings, who's on the pod, he said it was good. My mom gave a review. She said it was good. So you can review me there, or, you know, even better, you can tell a friend about the pod. Tell them, hey, I've been listening to this uh, podcast about TCU football, about TCU sports. You should check it out as well. Again, Locked on Horn Frogs, when you subscribe, it gets sent straight to your phone, so you don't have to worry about hunting for it every day. And you can listen to it, or you can just sort of let it sit. You can catch up at the end of the week, however you want to do it. But just subscribe so it goes straight to you and you don't have to go searching for it. Again, that's Locked on Horn Frogs on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is that you get their pod, that you get your podcast. One more note I wanted to uh, get to on the Big 12 front. Matt Wells is going to stick around at Texas Tech. Um, now, he fired David Yost, their offensive coordinator, but he's going to get another season there at Tech. Uh, not a great year for the Red Raiders. They finished 4-6. and six. They barely beat Kansas. But I think Matt Wells is a good coach. I think he did a good job at Utah State. Um, there had been rumors that maybe Tech was going to go after Art Bryles, and Art resigned today. I'm recording this on Monday. He resigned from his post at Mount Vernon, which is the 3A high school that he coaches at or was coaching at. So that fueled a lot of speculation that he was headed to Lubbock. But that does not appear to be the case, at least as a head coach. Uh, I'm still skeptical that he'll get a head coaching job. But unfortunately, it appears somebody's going to give him a second chance, which I don't think is right. Um, but time seems to separate people from a lot of things. So... We'll see if that happens this offseason, but it's not going to be as the head coach of Texas Tech at least this year as they're going to stick around with Matt Wells for one more season. And, you know, Matt did a nice job at Utah State. I've sort of been surprised it hasn't worked out or, or been a, a quicker turnaround. But, again, I mean, the pandemic has, has changed everything. And 
Tech, as everyone else did, was dealing with COVID. But they had a lot of guys out in their offseason program. You know, it was a shortened offseason, no spring ball. I think there's some reasons as to why it hasn't turned around quickly. Um, but he's running out of time. People are impatient there. The natives are restless. They're ready to start competing. And that's not happening right now in Lubbock. Okay, let's talk some TCU football. Um, close in on signing day, which is coming up on Wednesday. And TCU still has the 10th-ranked class in the Big 12. Now, this is a small class, only nine commits. And all of them are three-star commits, according to 247. So, you know, the Frogs have gotten used to sort of being right behind Oklahoma and Texas in the recruiting rankings. That's not going to be the case this year. Now, they did add Marvin Covington, who was a corner from Mansfield Lake Ridge this week. Uh, 2021 guy, three-star recruit, 5'11", 180, had offers from Houston, Miami, Mississippi State, Baylor, among others. So that was a big coup. They get him to commit. Um, There's some rumors. I'm not going to uh, spoil it because I don't want to give away their content, but 247, Horn Frog Blitz, Jeremy Clark, Jeff Mitchell, Billy Wessels, they do a really good job covering recruiting. And there's rumors on the board that there might be another commit or two uh, that could flip ahead of signing day. So that's a good resource if you want to get that premium subscription at 247 and check out what they're talking about. But um, the, the best player, I think, in this class is Landon Watson. He is a defensive end out of Hutto, 6'3", 235 pounds. Had a huge senior year at Hutto this past season. He had offers from LSU, Arizona State, Arkansas, Baylor. Um, This is a real deal dude. Cal, Florida State, Michigan, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Penn State. So this is, you know, highly recruited type, uh, big physical defensive end. I think he's going to fit great in Gary Patterson's system. And he's really excited to be a Horn Frog. He's been all over Twitter uh, discussing, you know, the fact that he's recruiting other guys, that he's working guys over. He's trying to get other players to also commit to TCU and come play with them. So that's a name to know. And then Alexander Hoyne is a really interesting prospect. He is from Germany. He's a three-star quarterback, 6'5", 230, has a huge arm. Now, obviously, the level of competition that he's been playing in Europe, I'm thinking, is not close to what, you know, he's going to see in the United States, but has a good offer list. He had a Michigan offer. Uh, Baylor was involved. Penn State. Fordham. So, not a ton of schools. I mean, he wasn't a highly recruited guy, but that's another name to know as we look at Wednesday signing day and and what's going to go down. And don't forget, the early signing period is really now the thing. I mean, February, you're still going to see some guys trickle in. But in December, this is where most players sign now. They're signing. They're enrolling early. They're trying to get uh, the offense down, the defense down, whatever it is, whatever side of the ball they're playing. 
They're trying to get everything worked out so they can step in immediately and play their freshman year. That's the trend now. And, you know, expect the majority of this class to sign on Wednesday. So we'll have more of that throughout the week. Thank you for tuning in today. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm Stephen Simcox. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.